On today's show, how did Luka Doncic and Slovenia pull off an overtime win against Jokic and Serbia? Plus, the Dallas Mavericks schedule has released. What stretches and games should you be circling on your calendar? We'll talk about all that and more on today's Lockdown Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic and this is Lockdown Mavericks I don't believe you shouldn't be here. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member and NBA channel manager for the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for making Locked On Mavs your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. But the best way you can help us grow this show is to comment anything below. Let us know. Which game on the Mavs schedule are you circling? You're looking at the Mavs schedule and you're like, hmm, there's a tasty one. There's one I, there's one I want to watch, one I want to go to. Let us know in the comments. Let us know on YouTube, whether you listen on and watch on YouTube or not. If you're listening on the podcast, go ahead to YouTube, leave a comment. Riding solo today, Isaac Harris is still out. He is still traveling the Midwest, I guess, between Texas and, and Kentucky, visiting family. And uh, I got to change the logo today because we had a friendly between Slovenia and Serbia. Me, Slovenci. <laughs> and Slovenia got the win. A good win for Slovenia against Jokic and Serbia. It was a fun game. Came down to the wire. Luka had some incredible moments in the game. And that's sort of what I came down to is that this guy Luka is really good. <laughs> Sometimes it's the takeaway all the time. But he was in his bag in several different areas of this game. And obviously they don't win this game. And the Slovenia team is not the way that they are without Luka Doncic and what he can do. And the way that he just bends the the court, bends the the bends play basketball. He, he bends it to his will at times. There was a, a spot at the beginning of the game early when Luka... Um, was defending in the post, or Luca hit a step back three, and you're like, oh, that's what Luca does on offense. But then on the other side, he had a good post defense where he blocked number 10 on Serbia. I'm not going to go through all Serbians' names. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Jokic and then everybody else, that's fine. Uh, but Luca got a good post block uh, against them, and he just had these moments where it felt like he was doing a little bit all over the court. He had another block later in the game uh, on a help defense where he just – was aware of what was going on around him. He had a couple other moments on offense where he was just in his bag, like especially in the second quarter, towards the end of the second quarter, and I think towards the middle of like the fourth quarter when he came back in, I was like, just watching Luca as a treat and just watching Luca throw some of these passes and Slovenia either make or miss, either way. It's just a it's just a treat to watch him pass because he just has, he knows exactly where everyone is, and there's such a rhythm to his game. There's such a rhythm to Luka Doncic's game where you just, if you've watched enough Luka Doncic and you listening probably at this point in his Mavericks career, his Slovenia career, his you know professional basketball career, some you probably watched him at Real Madrid at certain points. Like, you know the rhythm of Luka's game. Like he drives or he starts some kind of dribble and you're like, oh, Toby's going to be open on top of the key. He's going to get Dragic open. He's going to get Zoran open. Like He's going to get these guys completely open and just kick back to him. And you know exactly when the, you know exactly when the player is going to get open and when Luka's going to be able to snap the pass back to them. 
and like the exact moment of it, it's like you can almost put a metronome to it at times. And it's just incredible to watch when he's in his bag like that. And it was so good to watch him. Uh, we missed Luca for sure because we haven't seen Luca on on our screens in a while. And big shout out, big shout out on my end to Primaz on on Twitter. He hooked me up in an incredible way in order to watch this game. And uh, yeah, shout out to Primaz. Thank you so much for uh, DMing me and uh, getting me this game in a way that I could watch it later. But Luca was in his bag, and there was there's several times where Luca would <laughs> just drive in and finish an incredible. Uh, an incredible play. He had in the second quarter with about 27 seconds left. Serbia was kind of like, all right, we're just we'll let's just run out this quarter. It's a friendly. It's an exhibition. It's not really necessarily something to, uh, you know, to try super hard in. But Luca was like, hey, I'm gonna take this inbounds pass. I'm gonna split four defenders right in front of me and almost make an and one where Jokic is trailing me and almost gets the block, and then tie the game right before halftime. Like that. It was just about that, about that point. And then he had the pass to uh, to Prevlovic, to Clement Prevlovic, at, and he hit the shot from 35 feet. Luke, it was a great pass from Luca at that point, and uh, the game went into the game went into overtime. Luca had a shot, just about one second on the clock. He had a shot. He could have taken a, a shot earlier. It wasn't a drive. It wasn't a drive late in games. I know there's been times where we're like, well, Luca, why doesn't he just drive in when he could when he does take these step back threes? He had two different threes he could have taken during this last possession, but he wanted to take it. He had another opportunity to pass it off to, and he was not going to do it. He was like, hey, I'm going for it. This is an exhibition. This is a friendly. I'm not going to take it too seriously. I want to get this game winner. And Luca, those are the moments where you go, this guy, he's just a little different. He thinks a little bit differently. He wants those kind of moments. He wants the that spotlight. He wants to have those big moments in games. And that's why you trust him to be a number one player on your team. That's why he has become a top five player in the NBA is because he, he craves those moments. He goes after those moments. So he took a shot. He missed it. If he would have made it, it would have been an incredible shot. He it, It's one of those Lucas shots where he just like chucks it. He just chucks it up there. It's a, It was a step back three. He missed it. And then in overtime, there wasn't too much in overtime. There was one moment where Luca had... I was Luca was getting into the ref's face because he thought that you know a couple things were a foul. He was getting intense with it. Luca had a one-on-one against Jokic um, with about two minutes, but there's not too much to go. Slovenia just made more threes than than Serbia, and that's sort of my big takeaway from this team, this Slovenia team, and it has been for a little while, and it kind of is with with Luca teams, is that when they're hitting threes, when Muric and the Dragic brothers and you know Prepovic and Luca are hitting and Toby are hitting these threes. They're almost unbeatable because they just Luca can create so many wide open threes. It's the same thing with the Mavs, but that's because they're based around this offensive system of this one guy that can create so much. He can create so many open threes. And it's different than when you watch Jokic. You watch Jokic on the Serbia team, and they're not creating the same kind of looks. He he creates really good looks. He creates more looks under the basket. He creates more looks um, off cuts and things like that. Like he's way better at that kind of stuff because he can go from from top of the key to post up in like two dribbles. He's already there. He he can push people around. He pushed Toby around. He pushed you know the other uh, other Slovenians. Anybody that was kind of matched up against him, he pushed him around a little bit and got to the spot that he wanted to be in, and was able to. Uh, he's able to pass out of that. And so that's sort of how how Serbia was working. They were working around how Jokic plays, which is different. It's just not the way that, that Luka plays, where he creates so many open threes. Just the, the defense just bends to him. There was that, that moment in the second quarter where he literally split four defenders off. Like, Luka caught the inbound pass and split four defenders because four defenders were going after Luka in that moment. 
Uh, Luke had a couple other nice moments in the third quarter. He was he was in his bag shooting wise. He had a nice turnaround mid range fade shot. He had a running hook to the right of the rim where it reminded me of Adam Morrison from Gonzaga. Or you know you could even go all the way back to Kareem where he has this moment where uh, he. he He's dribbling the ball on the right side, and he does this baby hook where the, the ball just completely is over his head, and he hooks it into the basket. It was an incredible move. Hopefully, he, it's one of the, it was one of those where you remember um, his rookie year against Houston where he pulled out the step-back three, and it was the first time we had seen it. And it was the first time Luka had done it because he just was like, hey, I think this will work in this moment. I feel this. I kind of feel this rhythm. Let's step back and throw this three up. And he hit it, and it was an incredible moment. He went on that run. And then later we learned that was the first time he'd ever done it. And it just felt like that kind of moment where Luca can just pick up these shots. Like, hey, this situation calls for me to do this. And so I'm just going to give what the situation has. There's nobody over on that right side. He was able to just drive to that spot, drive right, get to that spot, and then hook that shot over. And it was was an incredible shot. Uh, Then he had another one with about two minutes and 40 seconds. So this is the next possession after the hook where he lost his dribble in traffic. Like, he drove in. He was a little bit wild. He had some turnovers. Slovenia had a bunch of turnovers in this game. I think they had finished with 14 or 15 in this game. There's a bunch of them um, for FIBA play or for Eurobasket play. And uh, he loses his dribble. He picks it up. And then in all the chaos, he's somehow able to see that Toby is right under the rim and dumps it to him. It was an incredible assist. And, uh, yeah, so Slovenia wins in overtime. Uh, A good win for them. And we will continue to follow them. Like, we're going to continue to follow them all throughout Eurobasket. Isaac will be back, and we'll be watching all these games. And uh, hopefully you'll be able to watch them on that courtside app. I was not able to watch this one there. But, um, yeah, good win for Slovenia. Luka in his bag, looking good, looking a little slim, not too slim. That's that's what you want. A little slim, not too slim. But coming up, let's talk about the Dallas Mavericks, and let's talk about their schedule. There's a couple moments in the schedule coming up that I think – we should watch out for. There's one stretch in particular I think that could define their season. Now, I'm not, I'm not going to go that I'm not going to go that direction like I did last year, but I think there is one stretch that we really should watch for that could tell us what this Mavericks team is going to be all about. We'll talk about that coming up. But before we do, imagine this. You are hanging out with some friends, you're putting back a few drinks, you know, and a few has become a few too many, and as the evening comes to an end, people start to head out and they're like, "All right, let's leave." And you say, can I ride? Can I drive? And you start, you know, trying to walk in a straight line. Like, hey, I live nearby. I can make it home. I can drive slow. It's okay. Not a big deal. What are the odds that you're going to get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. You total your car. You kill someone. Everybody knows the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a couple of drinks, think again, give it another second, play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. All right, Isaac Harris. He's not here, but we're going to talk about the NBA schedule in only a way that Isaac Harris would want me to. Uh, Isaac loves when we go game by game on the schedule, but let's just talk about the Dallas Mavericks schedule. They open the season. We already knew this at the Phoenix Suns. October 19th is the first game for the Dallas Mavericks. That is a late game, a 9 p.m. Central game that starts the season. And it starts right where the season ended for the Phoenix Suns because that's right where um, 
They lost game seven. There's going to be some animosity there. That is a game that I think I'm, I think everybody should circle right now. But let us know in the comments what's, what game specifically are you circling on this schedule? The Phoenix Suns won definitely. The, uh, the next game is going to be the Memphis Grizzlies at home. That's the home opener, October 22nd. That is definitely a game. It's on NBA TV. It will be a, uh, a good game between John Morant and Luka Doncic. That one, the Mavericks always play the Grizzlies really well. Jaron Jackson's probably not going to play in that game. So that's going to be a really, really good home opener, really fun one. Uh, but those are the first two games in their first, obviously, um, their first uh, home game there. But I think this first four-game stretch could be one to watch because it could be pretty tough. Phoenix, Memphis, at New Orleans, and then at Brooklyn. Kevin Durant hasn't been traded yet. He might get traded. Kevin Durant still might get traded, but he hasn't been traded yet. And if he doesn't, and he starts the season with the Nets, it doesn't sound like he's going to get um, – it doesn't sound like he's going to get um, – or he's going to hold out. It doesn't it doesn't sound like from everything that we're hearing that Kevin Durant is going to hold out and not actually play. So this could be, this stretch right here, this first four games could be really tough where you get Chris Paul, Devin Booker, John Morant, Zion, Brandon Ingram, and then Kevin Durant and Kyrie. That could be your first four-game stretch, and that stretch is going to be really interesting to, to introduce us to this new-look Dallas Mavericks team with Christian Wood, JaVale McGee, uh, without Jalen Brunson and all that. So that first four-game stretch is definitely one to watch. I wouldn't say it defines the season. Not just yet. Not not just yet. But I think that first four-game stretch is going to be interesting. Then after that, if if Kevin Durant does get traded, that stretch of games becomes really easy for him then. Then, then they have at Brooklyn, home for the Thunder, home for the Magic, home for the, the Jazz. That stretch, if Donovan Mitchell and Kevin Durant both get traded – could be super easy for the Mavericks, and we could see the Mavericks come off to a, a really hot start to start the season because those four games are, are a, easier. <laughs> let's just let's just put it that way. They're ducking a lot of players if a couple of those guys get traded. So definitely that first you know ten games or so is definitely something to watch for the Mavericks. Here's the one that I think really really this this is the one that really tests you. November fifteenth to December twelfth. This is the stretch of games that I think. I wouldn't say it'll define their season, but we're going to know a lot about this Dallas Mavericks team after this stretch of games. So you get the start of the season, October is all out of the way. You go through a, you know, a homestand where you have about um, five games of a homestand, and then you go on the road for a couple teams, come back home, and then you're back home for a stretch where the Dallas Mavericks from November 15th to December 12th, it's, a 20, it's 27 days, so it's about a month of games. They play four back-to-backs, and they really only have three quote-unquote easy opponents. You don't want to go through and say, hey, win, loss, win, loss. You can't do that at this point in the season. We don't even know who some of these players are going to be on these teams. But this stretch is going to be really, really interesting to watch. And we're going to know a lot about this team after this stretch. It's uh, home for the Clippers. Then a second night of a back-to-back, home for the Rockets. Then it's going to be... Uh, Nuggets, two times in a row at home, November 18th and November 20th. Both home games against the Nuggets. They get they knock out both those games. Then it's at Boston, the 23rd. The 26th is at Toronto. Then it's at Milwaukee, home for Golden State. Uh, and then it's Detroit at New York, home for Phoenix. A second night of a back-to-back at Denver. So you play home Phoenix, then at Denver. Then home for Milwaukee at Chicago. That is a really, really tough stretch right there. That is a bunch of road games. You have four back-to-backs in there. 
And your only real easy games, quote unquote, are home for the Rockets. That's the second night of a back-to-back. Home for the the Pistons. And then at New York. And that's in Madison Square Garden. And that's against the Knicks, who have played the Mavericks really well. Have Jalen Brunson. He's going to be motivated and all that. Like Those are your only, quote-unquote, easy games over that stretch. You play home against the Clippers, the Nuggets twice, the Warriors, the Suns, the Bucks, And you play road games against the Celtics, the Raptors, the Milwaukee Bucks, the Denver Nuggets again, and then the the uh, the Bulls. So, yeah, in that stretch, they play they play the Nuggets three times. <laughs> that is going to tell you a lot about this Mavericks team. How they can defend Jokic, that's one thing because you had that whole stretch. You play them three times. You also throw in um, they're on Phoenix with Aiton, I guess if you want if you want to count that. Um, throw in Giannis. How are they going to defend Giannis? You play then you play uh, Milwaukee twice in that stretch. Well, both times you're going to play Milwaukee, you play them in this stretch. Um, you're returning to the Warriors for the first time in the season. Like, hey, how does this team look since you know since last season, since they got ousted in the Western Conference Finals by the Warriors? So you get that test, too. Uh, you play Boston for the first time in the season, so that's going to be a test for sure. And you play at Boston as well. That's a national TV game on ESPN. And so it's just going to be a big stretch. It's just going to be a big test. How do they defend bigs against Jokic? How do they look against some of the better teams in the NBA? Honestly, the best teams in the NBA. Warriors, Clippers, Boston, uh, Denver, and then the uh, the Bucks. Like Those are the best teams in the NBA, and you play them in just this 27-day stretch. So that one is going to – we're going to figure – the Mavericks are going to figure out a lot of stuff. I think you'll see a lot of experimenting from Jason Kidd before. If they're going to try a couple different things, they need to try it before that stretch because – then all of a sudden the Mavericks could be out to a bad, <laughs> bad start to the season again for like the third year in a row if they go through that stretch and don't know what their identity is. They have to know what their identity is before that stretch, I think, or else they're going to be tested. They're going to be tested really, really hard in just that stretch. So watch out for that one again. That's November 15th to December 12th. It's going to be some good games. going to be some really good games in there. And you know Luka loves to get up for stars. He loves to get up for um, guys that he likes playing against. Jokic three times, he's getting up for all those games. He plays against the Warriors, he's going to want revenge on that team. So not only will it just be a test for the Mavericks, you'll learn a lot about them, but we can see a lot of really good Luka games in this stretch because he's going to be really motivated. The Clippers, this is the first time they're playing the Clippers with hopefully their whole squad back so you can see what they look like against the Clippers. Um you know, that in that rivalry and see if it is still a rivalry, even though the teams are just so much different than they were even two years ago or three years ago when they faced in the in the playoffs. So watch out for that stretch. That one is gonna be really, really interesting to see where the Mavericks are and to see where the Mavericks will uh will be after that. So coming up, let's get into a couple more things. National TV games. When are the Mavericks going to be on national TV? Home games. You're going to want to, if you live in Dallas, you want to, or in Texas, you want to know when the home games are and when to try and, and get some tickets here. And then the NBA came up with Rivals Week, and the Mavericks play in this. What do you think about this? Do the Mavericks have a rival? We may have talked about this team. We'll talk about that coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about Bet Online. It's the best place to check out the odds and lines and everything inside and outside of sports. You can see the spreads on even NBA games that they already have set. The first Dallas Mavericks game they have on here is the Mavericks um, Christmas Day. That's the first Mavericks game they have on right now. Christmas Day, the Mavericks are four-point favorites against the Lakers, which is interesting because opening night, the Warriors are five-and-a-half-point favorites against the Lakers. So they don't see a too big of a difference between the Mavs and the Warriors, at least according to Vegas right now. So if you're feeling good, go ahead and check those out. There's 
all kinds of props. There's WNBA props, Dallas Wings. They play tonight. If you're listening to watching this on Thursday, they play. So you can go check out those odds. Check them all out. It's Bet Online where the game starts. All right, Isaac. Still not here. Just me. But we're talking about the Dallas Mavericks schedule. There's a bunch of games to watch out for. We talked about the stretch that may or may not define the season. It will at least know a lot about the Mavericks after this stretch. But a couple other notable games. We've talked about these a little bit over the weeks. They've been kind of trickling out here and there. Opening night is uh, October 19th at the Phoenix Suns. Home opener is October 22nd against Memphis Grizzlies. Those both should be awesome games. Boban's return. Boban's return is November 16th, so if you want to see Boban in action, you want to get there early, see Boban and Luca embrace, that'll be a good good heartfelt moment. If you want to see that and see Boban, November 16th is your day. We have um, December 5th, the first time the Suns will come back to, uh, to the AAC to play in Dallas. That's December 5th. That is definitely going to be a game you want to mark on your calendar to, uh, to come boo the Suns because they have now become a rival apparently. Christmas Day against the Lakers, we talked about. And then Jalen Brunson's return, December 27th, is going to be Brunson's return. How are people going to respond? I talked about this with Slightly Biased the other day on, uh, I think it was Tuesday. And he said he's going to clap for him. And then after that, it's just, it's he's just another player. He's just another guy on another team at that point. Uh, I think it'll be really interesting to see how Mavs fans respond. I think most people will clap for him. Like, hey, good job getting the bag. You're getting to do what you do with the Knicks. Now we're going to go kick your ass. <laughs> I think that's what it's going to be, uh, hopefully, for people. Home stands. There's some a couple of big home stands I think we can watch for where the Mavericks play a bunch of games at home. And these are going to be stretches where the Mavericks hopefully rattle off a bunch of wins. October 29th through, the 7th, through November 7th, they play five home games in a row. That's a good stretch. That starts the beginning of that. Uh, or that's that's the uh, very early in the season. Like after the first four games, they play five games at home. So that's a really good stretch for the Mavericks too, to bank some wins early in the season. November 12th to the 20th, that's right in that middle of that stretch that I talked about that's really tough. But they do play five home games in a row, starting with the Blazers, then go into the Clippers, Rockets, Nuggets twice. Those are all home games. Really good stretch there. You play... Uh, January 18th to the 24th, they play four home games in a row. That's a pretty good home stretch. And then uh, the big one, February 23rd through March 7th, they play six home games in a row. Really, really good stretch for the Mavericks there. Uh, a nice home stretch against the, uh, the Spurs, against the Lakers on ABC, against the Pacers, the Sixers, the Suns again, and then the Jazz. So that's those are some easier games there with the Spurs, Pacers, and then probably the Jazz the Mavericks can bank some wins at home. Uh, so those are the big home stands the Mavericks have. And then the NBA came out with Rivals Week. NBA Rivals Week, they have 11 rivalry games from January 24th to the 28th. So this is the end of January. You're like after Christmas, but before the All-Star break, trying to figure out how do we juice some of this schedule. So they decided to throw in 11 games in, this, in these four or five days that'll be rivalries. The Mavericks are in this. January 26th, they play at Phoenix. So... They open the season at Phoenix, and then this Rivals Week, they play at Phoenix. So if that first game, if the season opener goes the way that we think it might, where it's contentious and they're going at each other and Luka Special comes up and you only act tough when you're up comes up, then uh, then that Rivals game should be pretty good. They'll have played, um, 
think they'll play it a couple times. Uh, here we go. They'll have played. Yeah, that, that'll be the third time that this these teams have faced each other. They'll play home and home, and then they'll play at Phoenix January 26th for this Rivals Week. That one is it a rivalry? Like, I guess it is. It's the closest they're gonna get. Like, are the Clippers gonna be the same type of rivals that they would have been the last couple of years? Probably not. You don't have Montrez Harrell. You don't have Patrick Beverly. You just don't have. You don't have um, like Marcus Morris is playing less of a role than he has before. He's still there, but. Is it as much of a rivalry as it was two years ago? No, not at all. And so the Suns one is just going to be interesting. It happens to fall under this week. The rest of the rivalries like don't really make a ton of sense. Uh, Celtics Heat, that one's, I guess, decent. I don't know if I'd call them rivals, but they played in the Eastern Conference Finals last year. Clippers-Lakers, that one's a rivalry. Nets-Sixers, fine. But if Durant is traded, then that one doesn't look like a good game. Grizzlies Warriors, that one's fine. Old guard, new guard. John Morant and Draymond Green kind of have this, you know, they have this, you know, budding friendship, I guess, back and forth between them. Uh, Timberwolves Grizzlies, that one's like a, a rivalry, like some fun young teams that should be good, but I don't know if I consider that a rivalry. Patrick Beverly's gone out of that one. Raptors Warriors, that's the finals from four years ago, three years ago, 2019. That's the finals from there. Uh, rematch. Then you have Nuggets versus Sixers. That's Jokic versus Embiid. That's a pretty good one. I don't know if I consider that a rivalry. Knicks versus Nets. That's the crosstown shootout, basically, basically thing that they have in uh, in New York. Lakers Celtics. Obviously, that's a good one. And then the weirdest one is the Ball Bros. The Ball Bros. Um, bowl. Bulls versus Hornets. That one they consider a rivalry. I don't know if I consider that one a rivalry, but there you go. That that's Rivals Week. And uh, the NBA is trying to juice it up in the middle of the schedule. Hey, I'm, I'll take that Mavs-Suns game there, but I don't know if the rest of these I'm really tuning into as rivals. National TV games. Everyone gets all hyped up about national TV games on the schedule release. That's like one of the big things. And um, the Mavericks play 21, not including NBA TV. They play 21, and the only teams that play more national TV games than the Mavericks are the Warriors, the Lakers, the Celtics, Bucks, Sixers, Suns. None of those, except for maybe the Lakers, if you really want to talk yourself into it, if you're really down on the Lakers, none of those are egregious to me. None of those are teams that, except for the Lakers, will be worse than the Mavericks probably, like significantly worse besides the Lakers, and they're just an exception in a lot of different ways, but those teams won't be worse. Those teams don't have like uh, no stars on their team. Like they all have stars. They're all going to be really good teams. Those all make sense. So for the Mavericks to be have more national TV games than the Clippers, the Grizzlies, the Nuggets, the uh, you know the Heat. The Heat only have eleven. The Mavericks have ten more national TV games than the Heat. Uh, the Pelicans. The Pelicans have stars. The Mavericks have ten more games on national TV than them. They have more than the Bulls, who were number one in the East last year for a little while. The Hawks. The Hawks only have eight. Talk about where the Hawks have fallen from. They were the Eastern Conference Finals team, and then they you know kind of out of the playoff picture, and now they have eight national TV games compared to the Mavericks 21. The Maver the NBA is pushing Luka Doncic, and they should. From everything I said at the beginning about the Slovenia-Serbia game, Luka pops on TV. And the NBA is pushing him, which is great. The only thing you don't like about national TV games, and those NBA TV games are fine because you still get this. We get less of Mark Falwell. He was on the show yesterday, and we love Mark Falwell. I think he does an incredible job on the broadcast. It's one of the best in the NBA. I love Harp. I love his Harpisms. You cannot like Harp. That's fine. I love Harp. I love the little things that he said at this juncture as a player. The little things he says. We should start a drinking game this year on that. But 
The Mavericks played 21 national TV games, 30 if you count NBA TV, which I do not. The Warriors play 30 national TV games. That's that's 36% of their schedule is on national TV. That's nuts to me. That's a ton of games. That's so many games for the Warriors to play. Uh, but let us know in the comment section below, what game are you circling? The game I'm probably circling, Chris. that Christmas Day game is going to be really, really, really special for me. Um, the Mavericks play at home against the Lakers. And uh, and I think that opening night against the Suns, the first like response, I'm like, all right, how are the Suns going to respond after that just absolute beating that they took in the in the playoffs in Game Seven? Because that that was embarrassing. Like your team had to come out and give like a write a letter to their fans. Like your team had to come out and write a letter to the fans because of how badly you guys did in in uh, Game Seven, where they're like, hey, we still are committed to winning, like. That means your play did not on the court in game seven of a second round series did not say that you were committed to winning because the team had to come out and put it in writing. So I think that Suns team is going to be really motivated. It's their opening night too. It's going to be big. So let us know in the comment section, what game are you circling? And then uh, we'll be back tomorrow with another episode, um, breaking down some more Dallas Mavericks. We'll be back also next week and uh Eurobasket will still be covering Slovenia. Stay tuned. Subscribe to the show. Subscribe on audio platforms if you want to hear more about uh, Slovenia and Eurobasket coming up in September. So, guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Mavs. Peace out. Boom!